Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, a podcast where we take a nostalgic look at movies from different generational perspectives. And joining me on this episode is Margo from the Book vs. Movie Podcast. Good morning, Margo. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, a little behind podcast here. We actually are re-recording this episode, so uh, thank you again for joining me on short notice. Of course, of course. We know how these things happen in podcasting worlds. We do. And um, uh, just to kind of throw it out to the listeners, you, you have been on this episode or this show before. Uh, we covered Overboard. Yes. So go, go back and check out that amazing movie. Um, and also, you've contacted me with four other movies you'd like to come back and uh, join me <laughs> for. So looking forward to that. <laughs> Every time I come up with an idea for a movie, I'm like, really want to talk about that oh my god I sent Peter a note so (laughs) yes yes keep them coming I I enjoy uh, guests who would like to come back so thank you very much sure now for those that didn't catch you on the first episode you want to talk a little bit about uh, book versus movie Sure. Thank you so much. So I have a co-host named Margo as well with the two Margos and we, our podcast is called book versus movie. And we talk about films that are adapted from books. We read the book, then we watch the film and then we dissect them. We decide which we like better, the book or the movie. And you can find us at book versus movie.com. We're on iTunes and Stitcher uh, on Twitter at book versus movie. You spell it out on facebook.com forward slash book versus movie. It's a great place to reach out to us. And if you have any suggestions for book to movie podcasts you'd like to hear, just shoot us an email at book versus movie podcast at gmail.com. There we go. And again, I always include those uh, information on the show notes. So check that out and click on that for easier access. Uh, so you're joining me for Real Genius. Uh, and before yes. we do that, I'd like to take a little trip back to, you know, around the time the, of the movie's release and uh, kind of throw out some of the movies and songs that were uh, kind of, um, you know, kind of the bigger hits here. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with the movies. Tell me if you remember them. Uh, Explorers. I remember it, but I didn't see it. Okay. How about the uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome? I remember it, and I remember the theme song, which I yes. liked. <laughs> Tita Turner, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I didn't see it. Okay. Legend of Billie Jean. Yes, I love Legend of Billie Jean. It's terrible, but I love it. Yeah, it's Helen Slater, right? Yeah, yeah, and also yeah. Uh, Yardley Smith is in there. Lisa oh, Simpson. I think um, Christian Slater was also in it, I think. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah, Lisa Simpson, she was in there. Um, how about The Heavenly Kid? Yes, and yes. that's a really bad one, but yeah, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I covered that one. I, it's, uh, it's actually a, a big guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, I know. Um, it's, it's so bad I watch it too, because it's one of those so bad it's funny and good. Yes, yes. And the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. The soundtrack's amazing. Uh, Fright Night. I think I love, you mentioned that. I um, love Fright Night. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't remember. I've seen the original ones, but um, I probably remember the remake more with Colin Farrell. I think you should see the original. It's It really holds up well. It's one of my favorite horror movies, for sure. Okay. Is it is it like a like a serious horror movie or does it have like some comedy too? It has comedy to it, but it's it's genuinely scary and it's got great performances in it. It's a it's an underrated classic, I think. Okay, cool. Uh and how about the last movie I just want to throw out, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Of course. Everyone remembers that. I don't want to talk to someone who doesn't know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> have you did you see that new one that released on Netflix? 
the what is it big holiday maybe Wee's big holiday no i haven't seen it yet i am so behind on my netflix you know nowadays there's so much to watch i know it, it, i feel like there's homework every night like i have two hours to watch something do i watch something on netflix do i watch something on amazon or Hulu, Hulu. Mm-hmm. or do I watch Kate? I still pay for cable. I don't know why I do that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yep. yeah, you're yep. right. And uh, the, yeah, I'm starting to share like apps uh, between my friends. You know, your HBO Go. You know, so yep. they can watch Game of Thrones and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I, I know how it is. Um, okay, the number one song when this movie released was "Shout" by Tears for Fears. Great song. I like Tears yeah. for Fears. Yeah, which um, they actually uh, uh, had a song on Real Genius as well. Uh, Everybody wants to rule the world. Which yep, that's like, the last song they play. Yeah, I'm trying to see if it actually it doesn't look like it was even number one. So, uh, oh no, it was. It was a of couple months was. ago. Yeah, in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just a couple months before the movie's release, um, the number one song that uh, preceded it was "Every Time You Go Away" by Paul Young. You take a piece of me with you. Yep. Yeah, you take a piece of me, <laughs> me with you. With you. Yeah, I remember that one. summer. Yes. Yeah, that's a good song too. And the song, the number one song after it was "Power of Love," Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, Everyone knows that one. And they know it, and I and I love um, "Back to the Future," and so that that's the song that they open with, "Back to the Future." So it's fine. Like I lived in the Bay Area at the time, and that's where Huey Lewis is from. And you hear a lot of Huey Lewis when you're there. (laughs) Huey Lewis and Journey are played and Train. They're played all the time if you live (laughs) in the Bay Area. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So um, I didn't know Journey was from the Bay Area. Oh, dude. Very Bay Area band. Yep. Okay. Okay, okay. All right, so Real Genius. This was one that you did um, uh, bring up to me that you wanted to cover. Uh, Do you have a history with this movie? I I saw it in the movie theater. Absolutely loved it. It's one of those movies that was on HBO a lot. You know, when HBO was just one channel, there was just Mm -hmm. HBO and Cinemax and it'd be one other movie one. And they had one channel apiece, which I don't know about you, like with my cable, I have like five HBOs and five Showtimes. But anyway, when they just had the one, they would just had like 10 movies, they rotated. And this is one of those movies they rotated for a while. And then it became one of those movies that you saw on TBS all the time. And it's just, and Comedy Central even, and it's just one of those really enjoyable movies. Like I always... It feels timeless to me in a strange way. I mean, it's, it is very 80s, of course, but it still resonates today. And I still think it's very, very funny. It's a very funny movie, very witty. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think witty is a, a very great word to use for this movie. And mm-hmm. I, I could kind of see what you mean with it being timeless, despite it taking place in the 80s, because it's not your typical 80s movie, really. You know, they um, th- there's not a whole lot of stereotypes in this, and, you know, and we'll get right. into that. But uh, And they try to be very organic with the science here. They try to get things right, you know, with what they present. Well, you know what's funny is that a couple of years before there was Revenge of the Nerds, and yes. that's supposed to be this nerd positive. And at the time, it was really almost revolutionary how nerd positive it was, um, but it still f- fell into stereotypes. It was still very misogynistic. It's, I mean, I have, I still like Revenge of the Nerds, but I have my problems with it now. I look as an adult, I'm like, Ugh, that scene's not good. That scene's not good. Mm-hmm. Real Genius does not have that. It doesn't right. have it at all. And it doesn't treat them like they're freaks. I mean, they just happen to be smart people. And the smart people all are distinct from one another. It's, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, I, it's, it's a really, it's a wonderful script and there's great performances. And they're not insulting anybody. It's, yeah. 
you could you could have a great comedy with a lot of silliness without insulting people if you can imagine that <laughs> yeah no i i agree with that uh, a little bit about the movie it's uh came out in 1985 summer of course uh directed by martha coolidge are you familiar with her yeah she directed valley girl okay that's still one i haven't seen would you what? recommend that i see that <laughs> yes absolutely positively peggy sue got married of course I've, I've seen that one you know um, but Valley Girl is it's definitely one I missed. Who was the uh, the lead in that one other than Nick Cage? It's Deborah Foreman, I believe. She's the lead girl. She's in Real Genius. Oh, uh, right, right. Susan Decker. Yeah. Uh, the 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 very pretty young woman that uh, sleeps with Hathaway ish. Ish. Yeah. We yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we'll we'll get to her. Yeah. Um, I think I will check it out. I think I will check it out. Um, Real Genius, the movie stars Val Kilmer uh, as Chris Knight, uh, mm -hmm. Gabriel Jarrett as Mitch Taylor, mm -hmm. uh, Michelle Mayrink as mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Cochran. Um, let's see, we got William Atherton as Professor Jerry Hathaway, John Grise as Laszlo, uh, Robert Prescott as Kent. And yes. let's see here, who else do we want to talk about? Um... Uh, Patty Darbinville. Well, she's sort of, she's Sherry Nugle. She's the one that sleeps with all the top geniuses. Yeah, yeah. Pat, okay, Patty, Patty Darbinville. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's kind yeah, of a couple, it. A couple of smaller, smaller characters. Okay, so uh, for those that kind of forgot, the movie basically is about um, uh, Jerry Hathaway, the professor. He is kind of, I guess, contracted to make like a weapon of mass destruction for the government. And <laughs> he's been recruiting like really bright young um, uh, students to kind of work on this laser, which, you know, unbeknownst to them that, uh, that they're actually creating a weapon for the government. And our lead, uh, Val Kilmer, plays uh, Chris, who's, what, what is he, a senior? He's a senior at, uh, at the school? He's a senior at, at the school, yeah. It's based on Caltech University, and they did a lot of research at the university to make sure that the science stands up, by the mm -hmm. way. And they found out at the university, like, the kids were totally up to pranks all the time, you know, because they're bored college kids, and they're really, really smart. And so, like, they came up with, these kids were pu pulling all these pranks, and so they decided to make this movie about it. And, uh, yeah, Val Kilmer is Chris Knight. So he's like the lead prankster in the school. And he's supposedly like the smartest, smartest guy that's ever gone to, to the to the campus until Mitch shows up. That's right. And Mitch is at this point 15 years old uh -huh. uh, and the first that they recruited, like in the middle of the school year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Mitch kind of, you know, joins the team and kind of oversees this laser project. And um, that's pretty much it. And, you know, we'll definitely get into the scenes and things that we like about it. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing, um, uh, Chris Knight, your Val Kilmer here. Uh, what do you remember uh, about him around the, you know, when you saw this movie? Was he like a, a crush of yours or? Oh, totally. He's beautiful. He's yeah. very, very, very good looking and just so funny and, and goofy and funny. But he also, is, he, he looks smart. He looks like he is as smart as the character that he's playing. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved it. I loved it when they had those frozen coins that he made. Yes, and he the put liquid in the nitrogen. With the liquid nitrogen. And then mm -hmm. I liked the heckle and jekyll uh, slippers he was wearing. You know, yep. he, yeah. Yeah, he was, it was a great character. Really great character. Just a really smart person being the leader versus like the animal house mentality of get the right. biggest idiots that are in charge, you know, and mean idiots in charge of everything. And I love animal house, but... I have my problems with it too, and that's one of them. 
Sure. Uh, yeah, Chris Knight, he's very, very, very quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm sure Val Kilmer did a lot of improving, but, uh, you know, just some of the physical comedy he does in here, you know, kind of adds to the scene a little bit. So he's always kind of a joy to watch on screen. So we t- we talked a little bit about uh, Hathaway uh, being hired to uh, build a weapon. And, um, the you know, we talked a little bit about the students, how they're not, you know, your stereotypical nerds, like Revenge mm-hmm. of the Nerds, you know, the the two well one that stands out in particular is the the asian guy who actually speaks normal you know he doesn't yes. have that stereotypical asian accent yes um, thank goodness yeah. i love him you know he you know he's the one that freezes the uh, the hallway He's the one who freezes the hallway, and he's always, like, he's a good sport about things. Like, he doesn't lose his cool. He's always somebody you could count on. And like you said, he doesn't have an accent, which is just, I'm sure, shocking to people. Um, <laughs> I have a friend. She's from San Francisco. Like, she's fourth-generation American, and she's from San Francisco, and she moved to Kansas for a while for a job. And she told me, like, more than once she would start talking to people, and they were shocked that she spoke with an American accent and said how compl- and complimented her on it. And she's like, I'm from San Francisco. Like, <laughs> but it, people have this idea. Yeah. I, I've been in that same boat. Um, I was, uh, I spent a, a year in Kansas on, uh, on active duty. I didn't really get remarks like that, but I remember being in Washington where I met a, a female soldier who didn't know what Asians were. Oh my and I'm god! Like, I'm like, oh wow, okay, you know, I, was, I, I think she thought I was Indian, um, but wow. yeah, I, I have heard things like that. I've had people compliment me like, oh, your English is really good, especially, you know, like f- even when they find out that I was born in Texas, they're like, well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, okay, um, sure, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, Unfortunately, we have these stereotypes, I and mean, they're they're rough to get rid of. I mean, what what is that? Um, Sixteen candles, long duck dong, right? I mean, yes. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't carry. A, I mean, I carry a camera phone. I mean, and I don't have a camera around my neck. But right, yeah, right. You, yeah. you don't exactly. Uh, now, I, I do want to just jump, kind of just um, uh, jump into when Mitch meets Kent, and we find out from Kent that he's got. Uh, the, the, there's a hierarchy there. It goes from God to Jerry, who is you know Professor Hathaway, and then to Kent himself. And I like the scene where he just keeps calling right. Hathaway by like his first name and doesn't even know it. <laughs> and and he, and he and he scolds him for it. I, I yeah. think Kent is a hilarious character too. I he's mean, great. he's our nemesis. He's our bad guy, but he's so goofy. Like he wears those dickies, you know, around <laughs> his neck, and he has yeah, the, the braces. Yeah, and, yeah. He's kind of a doofus, but he doesn't he doesn't realize it. And yeah, he's a great character. Very very funny. I love what the actor does with like his mouth. You know, it's almost yep. always open, uh, and uh, his mouth is just always moving, uh, even when he's not talking. It's just, it is a great character, and uh, the, the the turtlenecks are hilarious. Oh, it's hysterical. Um, the the freezing of the hallway. We touched on it a little bit. There's a lot of great lines in this one, and you know, your memory might be better than mine, but. Um, <laughs> Kent comes, you know, into the hallway. This is where, you know, Chris and Mitch are standing. And Kent's like, you know, what is this? And what's all this supposed to be? This? This is ice. This is what happens to water when it gets too cold. This? This is Kent. This is what happens to people when they get too sexually frustrated. (laughs) That's just a great line. And then, um, 
Gosh, there was another one about uh, ca- uh, Chris catching him naked with a bowl of, of Jello. We're all just a bunch of degenerates. We are. What about that time I found you naked with that bowl of Jello? You did not. This is true. <laughs> I was hot and I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> I loved it. I love. I love. I like his put downs of Ken. They're 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 clever and they're interesting and they're different. Now the the love interest Jordan. What do you think about her? I love the actress that plays her, Michelle Mayrink. Um, I love the character. I think she's completely adorable and quirky and fun and smart and just such the different version of the 80s comedic female lead than we mm-hmm. got at the time. She's she's very self-assured. Well, not self-assured, but she's her own person. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't apologize for being who she is. And she's smart. And she's kind and she's good with people. I think she's a little too old for Mitch. Uh, They're supposed to root for them as a couple. And I'm like, yeah, no, she should aim a little older. But but it's that's a quibble. I think she's great. Yeah, it is fine because they do have that scene where they kiss. And it was like shortly after her. I think she mentions she's 19 in that very scene, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and we know that Mitch is 15. So, yeah, Um, but she's, you know, she's very nice. She, uh, you know, um, she makes him a a sweater, which she tries to give to him in the men's restroom while he's trying to take a leak. Yeah, she doesn't uh, understand boundaries very well. Like when she has an idea to do something, she just does it. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't always think things through. And she's very, very hyper. She rarely sleeps. She drives her roommates crazy because she rarely sleeps and she's always in motion. Yeah, kind of eccentric. And I think we uh, talked a little bit about this at the first that we recorded as well. But I was uh, I commented on how Mitch froze up because she walked in there, you know, a bit of a stage fright there. And I asked if women get that too. And I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I, I just think it's uh, interesting because, like, with women, uh, you know, you're always in a stall. And, you know, I'm sure, like, uh, each person is different. But for me, uh, you know, go, walking up to a urinal, if a guy comes up to me, I, I freeze up. I, I cannot urinate when, with, with the guy next to me at a urinal. I think it's very odd that you have to kind of be in a, standing up at a at a open space with other people around to go to the bathroom the fact me to me i go into a stall i lock the door there's privacy i think i i do have a lot of um empathy for guys that have to or sympathy i guess it would be for guys that have to go through that because that's got to be really (laughs) you would think i'm used to it like having been in the military like you know a, a, a big you know shower full of you know we just walk in all together but I don't know. It, it's just something weird when we're both standing next to each other, like looking at the wall, you know, yeah. like like it, then and then you'll get somebody that, that might want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, it's just really yeah, I was gonna odd. Say, do, you, do you engage in small talk or is that even worse? I don't. But there have been guys that do that. You know, there's I don't know if you've ever seen this meme um, online where it's like it's a cartoon and uh, it's one guy walks up to a urinal and then it it's it, it, um it, it kind of pans out, right? It's a comic, and it shows like a long line of empty urinals. And the, a second guy kind of walks in and goes straight up to the the guy that's already up at the urinal, Ugh. and and just starts talking to him. Like, dude, there's like all these other empty ones. You want to come up to the one, like, where I guy's standing who just do talking. That. Yeah. So yeah, it is so weird. I mean, I still I still freeze up at the movie theaters. You know. Um, right. You know, uh, where else is there the, the basketball games? You know, when I go to the the arena, or concerts. 
concerts, same thing, same arena, and yeah, even the smaller locations are uh, where the bathrooms are smaller. You got three urinals, you know. It's it the struggle is real for 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 men, and I'm sure women too. But at least you guys don't get to see each other. Yeah, having that stall makes a world of difference. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure that's enough uh, pee talk that uh, yes, they yes, just want to yes, hear there. Please. Yeah, uh, the first montage we get uh, is not an '80s movie without a montage, and I like the the one scene where you see basic, almost a completely empty class, you know, with a bunch of tape recorders. Oh right, right. Gradually over time, there's more and more tape recorders, and they're huge tape recorders too. Yeah, is was that a thing, or is that you know a thing for this movie? I, I wonder, I mean, I'm sure people have done it. I wasn't allowed to do it in my school. I can't imagine getting away with it. Um, some professors, because uh, I'm also, I'm an instructor, you know, in my life. I'm not a professor, but uh, mm. it, it's disrespectful to just not show up. Or if you're going to just throw a cassette there or whatever, you're just recording there and not be there in person unless you have a good reason. And just to have a whole room full of people just record. I mean, I understand doing it but i can't understand i don't i get i get the joke but actually people coming in and setting that crap up and then walking out of the room i can't imagine a professor being okay with that well it's funny because eventually the professor just has a tape playing yeah Uh, yeah he's like fine this is how you want to roll this is how we roll so what do you think the students are doing are they just out having fun or uh sleeping in or going to the quad there's always a quad what's a quad it's just a space where everybody – it's like a square space where everybody hangs out, like have cigarettes oh. or just hang with their friends. Yeah, there's a quad at every school. Got it. Okay, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so Laszlo. There's a guy that lives, I guess, kind of in the closet, but there's like a secret entry into his own little space. So he was the guy that was the big, big genius in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then he had some sort of a meltdown because you do. I mean, super, super smart people – uh, some of them do kind of break down from it. I always think it would be great to be super smart, but apparently it's very stressful and upsetting because you know more than other people and sometimes you don't want to know everything. But he had this breakdown and then he sort of retreated into the bowels of the building. So in the closet where they share room, he would go down into the closet and then it goes into the shaft that goes down and it's this huge space that's all his. It's like this underground laboratory and that's where he lives. Yeah, I think it's funny that uh, when Mitch finally gets down there, and we see Laszlo kind of working at his desk. He he seems to be well. It, his screen is just like a uh, screensaver. You know, he's not really doing anything on the computer. So I thought right. that was kind of funny. Um, the the actor John Grise, uh, I think people kind of remember him more recently. Well, I guess not so recently. Probably like over a decade ago now. But he was the uh, the uncle in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, you know what? I've never seen that movie. Oh, okay. I've okay. seen him in a bunch of other things. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking right now, but I've seen him in a bunch of other things. But, yeah, I, I, I have seen I, – I shouldn't lie. I mean, I have seen Napoleon Dynamite. I just didn't like it very much. Sure, sure. I, I think he's also like a vegetarian, and his his character you know, uh, ate a lot of meat. And so he would just have to chew chew the meat and like spit it out. Like, and spit it out. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the take. Yeah, so um, the things you do for, for, for work. For work, yeah, absolutely. He works a lot, actually, John Grease. Yeah, I think I think he has uh, a lot of credits. Men in Black. Um, he take played some in. small bad guy roles, I think. I'm trying to picture. Yeah, him. I he, think, he yeah. works consistently. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his IMDb page. He he works pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, 
I like this one scene where Chris goes to see Hathaway at his house, which is uh, mm-hmm. basically being built by the money he's kind of laundering. Yeah, is, is it... yeah. He's he's well. He's taking the money that the government's giving him for the grant to come up with this laser, and he's redoing his house with it, and then he's using his students as free labor to do his research. So he's a scum. Basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. We find out here that uh, he doesn't like popcorn, and I like how he tells Chris to not bring the bag in, just throw it in the corner instead. Chris just drops it right there on the porch. Just right there on the porch, right next to him. Yeah. And then that comes in later, the popcorn. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Chris sets up a, a laser to spell out tanning invitational. So this is mm-hmm. where we get that party scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they invite like girls from the beauty school. And I, yes. I like this because it shows that, hey, pretty girls can like, you know, super smart guys that aren't jocks and athletes. Well, that's like a great scene in the movie because instantly it's like the 80s music. It's Don Henley. All she wants to do is dance. And then there's these bunch of chicks in bathing suits, and they're kind of like waving, like, hey, we're having a party. And the guys show up, and they're really nervous. Like, what are we going to do? They're not going to want to talk to us. And Chris just says, no, no, these are beauticians. Your smartness might really impress them. Just go and try to say hello. And then they do, and, like, everybody has a great time. So it's like making women not seem so shallow. Like, they would be impressed by brains. Yeah, I I really like that. And I didn't catch this uh, on the first viewing, but uh, one of the guys, one of the students, uh, is is, uh, the villain from Karate Kid Part 2. Do you remember that one? Yeah, he doesn't have a speaking line. I didn't remember Part 2. Oh, okay. He uh, he also had a role on Better Off... Was it Better Off Dead with John Cusack? Do you remember that one? Oh, who is this? Uh, in, in of better course off, I do. I love Better Off Dad. Yeah, be- times. he was the, the Asian man that would pull up in the, the car next to... Uh, oh, and talk like Howard Cosell? Yes, yes. So oh, he, God. He was, just a, he was just a regular... He had no speaking lines, but he was just part of the group of men that were looking at all these women, you know, that, what oh, to do. okay. Yeah, so I missed that there. Um, and, you know, Kent is going to Kent, and he snitches, you know, about this party and... Uh, you know, Dr. Hathaway isn't happy about this. And and then this leads to Mitch calling home because he's frustrated and just, you know, uh, embarrassed. Yeah, he's sad. He he is 15 years old, so this is a lot. He's, to, he's a know, teenager, yeah. Overwhelmed, yeah. So, yeah. so we get a little bit of him calling home, which uh, Kent ends up recording and playing at lunchtime the next day. Chris and Mitch tease Kent all the time, and they're in on some pranks on Kent. And so Kent wants to just get after him and put him in his place. So he takes the recording and he plays it over the loudspeaker so everybody can hear this kid crying to go home. And it's so awful. Like, I feel so bad for him because he yeah. really humiliates him. Yeah, they, everybody knows it's him immediately. So it's just right. it's very embarrassing. Um, and, you know, uh, you mentioned it, this movie, that all they do is just spend time pranking each other. And then right. somehow they get Kent's car, like, into his dorm room. And apparently that's a thing that really happened at Caltech. They got all yeah. these stories from people and like, oh, yeah, they put a car in somebody's room and like just turned it on and scared the crap out of the person, which I think is brilliant. You know, they actually did that in uh, in that movie School Ties with Brendan Fraser. I don't remember that. Yeah, I think it was the, the like the French teacher or whatever that um, that they all hated and they, they like took his car and put it in the in his room. At least I think it was his room. I have not seen that movie in so long. I got to see that movie up. again. 
It, it does? Holds up. Yeah, I do. Yeah, my, my son and I, we, we um, uh, reviewed it. And it actually, it was one of our bigger episodes, to be honest oh. with you. Yeah, yeah, he didn't care for it. He he thought it was too serious, you know, cause, because Brendan Fraser was a closet, uh, uh, you know, Jewish, Jewish man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's, like, I don't know if that resonates with today's times or not. Maybe it's it probably does. what it is, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, to to him, he didn't care so much for for the movie. I'm like, this this is an amazing movie. What are you what are you talking about? You don't know movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so we talked about Ken's car uh, being put into his room. Uh, Chris goes to see Hathaway again, meets Thirsty Susan. So this is the daughter of one of the guys that uh, contracted to, um, contracted him for this this weapon. You know, this yes. guy works for the CIA. Um, very pretty. Very pretty, the, the Susan She's here. beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful. And she has a funny line. No, seriously, listen. If there's ever anything I can do for you, or more to the point, to you, you let me know, okay? Can you hammer a six-inch bike through a board with your penis? Not right now. A girl's got to have her standards. Susan. It really sticks out. It really sticks out. It does. It does. It's like a one really dirty joke in the movie, <laughs> which is pretty clean, this movie. It is. It is. Uh, so we get a second montage, and the only thing that I really like about it is uh, this, th- there's this um, this room, and everyone's at the table just studying. is completely quiet. <laughs> and one guy just flips out, you know, just starts getting overwhelmed with everything, and he just goes off, you know, just screams. And I told you when we recorded this last time, that's that's a real thing that happens when you're in uh, the finals season uh, for any year, but especially your senior year. Everyone loses it especially the last couple of months and all you can think is i can't get all this work done there's so many papers there's so much on the line and it, it just you you really feel at your and a lot of people also have jobs or they have other things going on and it's very hard to to get through your senior year in college and you do see people going nuts and i love how this guy completely loses his mind and he leaves the room and somebody immediately just takes a seat. You know, yeah. they nobody reacts. You know? <laughs> they just take a seat like, yep, do what you have to do, dude. You know, yep. blow off some steam. <laughs> there goes another one. There goes another one. We're just going <laughs> to take your spot. <laughs> yep. I love it. It's, 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 it was pretty, pretty funny. Um, we, okay, so there's a, there's a scene where Mitch and Chris are studying and Laszlo finally comes and kind of introduces himself, you know, and it's funny because Chris has been seeing them this whole time. So I'm kind of surprised that Chris hasn't really talk to him as as far as we know but mm-hmm. he comes in like oh hey uh you know i i was able to get like all the questions and answers that hathaway's ever asked on his finals and but he's holding like these box of like uh sweepstakes that 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 yeah. he, he entered um which uh, i guess was also a real thing yeah, that was a real prank that it's once again at Caltech there was like a group of four or five students and they entered a McDonald's sweepstakes and they wound up winning one fifth of the sweepstakes. I think it was a nationwide one too, but they sent in so many entries. What you had to do back then, I don't know if they even do this anymore, but you would fill something out and then mail it in. Either you put a stamp on it or it had, it came with a stamp on it already that you could use, Mm -hmm. but that's how sweepstakes used to work. And they just, if, if it said you can enter as many times as you want, boom, that's what they did. So they entered as many times as they want. And they said, in the end, it really didn't make sense because they didn't win that much money. And they won a bunch of coupons, but the coupons expired at some point. So, But they just liked rigging the system. 
Yeah, so basically, he, he had like a, I think he gave a percentage of like 33% of winning, I guess, which is still yeah. pretty darn good. So so yeah. kudos to him. I thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, Chris mistook uh, like what he had his, in his hands for like the test, you know, so I thought that was really funny too. He's like, no, I, I memorized it. Yeah. Uh, the funny line that I liked out of there is like uh, Mitch like exits the room and then Laszlo tells Chris like, oh, he's going to grow like five inches in the next year. Like, <laughs> I like that too. Yeah, exactly. He's so brilliant. He could tell how tall you're going to be. Yeah, it, I, I just love it because it, 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 the scene ends with that line and, you know, like you, the viewers, just kind of like, wait, what was that about? It's just, it's pretty funny. <laughs> well written. Very well written. So let me see. So we talked a little bit about Mitch getting seduced by Sherry. Again, she's yes. uh, in the beginning of the movie, she was showing Chris around a little bit. And I missed this the first time, but I guess uh, that little tour Chris was getting is uh, apparently a job that is waiting for him when he graduates. So I missed that. I just thought that he was just walking around with some big heads, I guess. I, I missed that too. Yeah, just... so, so that's what it is. And she, I guess, has this thing where she's trying to meet or sleep with like the 10 smartest minds that ever uh that ever entered the school she, okay. she's she's like a total iq fanatic mm -hmm. and so she wants to meet and sleep with now i don't know if sleep with is really what is what's going on i mean chances are one of them might be gay or one mm -hmm. of them just might not be into her but she has to at least try and she has to at least try to meet every single one that's a big thing for her and there's one that she's never met and she doesn't mention who it is but there's one that's really on her radar that she really really wants to get and we find out in the end who it is yeah and and that person is the number one that, that yes. she yeah yeah and uh do you remember where mitch was on that because i know she had been waiting for three years so ever since he was 12 she's been waiting <laughs> she's been waiting yeah, to meet something mitch. like that yeah yeah yeah, yikes. Like said, it's, it's yikes, and it's also just, yeah, exactly, what if it was a child, or what if it was a gay man, or what if it was a woman, what, what was gonna, you know, what was she gonna do, but... I'm, I'm also surprised, yeah, that it's also taken her this long to meet Chris uh, as well, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so Chris, uh, you know, we get the scene where Kent sabotages their laser, you know, it's always a back and forth with them, but um, Chris kind of flips out in the hallway, and this is where he gets, like, the idea to kind of like uh, find a solution for the laser and using liquid nitrogen. And so we get this cool demonstration of where like this laser just shoots through, you know, bricks and the walls and the statue outside mm -hmm. in the yard. So that was really neat to see too, uh, just yeah. the setup of all that. I, I thought that was neat too. Is Do they use the, 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 uh, the mirror in that scene too? Because the mirror yes. was the big thing. Like the, the mirror, using the mirror to be able to direct the laser beam precisely was the big breakthrough. Yeah, Kent was trying to take the credit, saying that, well, he made the mirror. Like, right, right. Okay, exactly. sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kent. Uh, so after the success of the demonstration, uh, Laszlo finds Chris and Mitch and, you know, and company uh, at, at, you know, some kind of burger shop. And he's the one that says, hey, what, you know, the laser you guys are building, like, what is it for? Like, this... This isn't just, you know, some project. This is something that can be used as a weapon. Like, you can shoot somebody from outer space. Well, they say know? to him, oh, the, it, the applications are endless. You could do this, this, and this. He goes, no, not really. Uh, it really sounds like they're just creating a way to target a person at a very big distance. And that's when Chris realized, like, oh, crap. We are, we're yeah. creating a weapon. And he didn't want to create a weapon. He doesn't want to kill people. He yep. doesn't want that on his conscience. And the laser gets uh, gets stolen. 
you know, and yeah. So the third act of the movie basically is them pulling off this. I don't want to call it a heist, but that's you know lack of a better word. Uh, where phase one, you know, they, they we get this. Uh, I, I I think it's a famous scene because this is one of the scenes I remember as a kid. But this is where they uh, knock Kent out. You know, with oh, the right, right, right. laughing they have gas. The God. Yeah, yeah, the the God yeah. scene where they implant the transmitter. But I I like when they were trying to um, put the uh, the gas into his room, mm -hmm. and everyone's got like a gas mask on, and like another student just happens to walk by, and they're all like nonchalant, like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, "Hey, hey. yeah," because <laughs> that stuff prank. happens all the time there. Yep. Yep, all the time. Um, and then the movie basically ends with like this hacking of the military system, ultimately aiming the laser. To Hathaway's house, you know, we get the big popcorn scene and right, and uh, so that that's basically the ending. Did you like any of all, all that setup? Because it this time around, it actually seemed a lot longer than I remembered it. You know, like the, the whole third act. The whole third act, yeah, it is probably longer than I haven't seen the movie in a few years, but I'm sure it is. I think it's very rewarding. I like the part where they're uh, they're dressed up, old, they're they're dressed up to go to the military base, and they're wearing disguises. And they have the badges, you know, and they have those goofy photos. And, you know, uh, the kid is, Mitch is wearing a, a mustache. mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was, I, I thought, I, I actually was totally fine with all of it. And um, that, that scene where they aim the laser and it hits his house. And the guy who hates popcorn is going to have his house invaded by popcorn. And they have popcorn popping throughout the house and William Atherton who plays the the professor he said that they spent three months popping popcorn to make that scene work like oh, continuously pop popcorn and then they had to cover it with this anti-inflammatory uh, kind of li liquid so it wouldn't burst on fire mm -hmm. and so then they had to be careful that none of the birds would eat it because the birds would die right away if they ate it Oh, so right. it was this whole like nowadays you would use um, CGI right. to make that scene. Yeah, you're right. Which is hilarious. It it is it's it's crazy too because like at that time I'm sure they weren't too concerned with like um, how things looked because we didn't have HD and 4K back then. Yeah, you're like, right. You easily could have filled like half of that with you know just those popcorn stuffings you know that people use to to ship things. Yeah, no, but they did take the time to to pop that much popcorn. Yeah, I wonder what they did for three Which months while great. waiting. Well, I mean, I'm sure they had people just popping it while they were still filming. That's that's what he said. It was like this nonstop job, and then they got this really great discount from this popcorn company. Like it would have been about a million bucks if they had actually bought the popcorn, but they got a really steep discount. But all they did was just pop popcorn for three months. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's just crazy that they went through that great great of a length to you know just for a scene for a but joke it, for one yeah, scene for yeah. one joke. So we we get the the end of it where we find out that the number one person on Sherry's list, Sherry, am I? Yeah, Sherry, yep. uh, was Laszlo this entire yep. time. Yep, yep, so, yep. So they're they're probably about the same age, you know. So it's appropriate. It it, it works better than Mitch. Yeah, yeah, which is just <laughs> frightening to think about that poor kid. Do you uh do you have any other favorite lines or scenes that we might have missed? Well, something that I I love that um well I love the part where they were uh where they had the ice on the floor and everybody was just was partying on. I thought that was great, but there's a scene in the trailer that didn't make it to the movie. And if you watch the trailer, you'll see it's a scene where Chris basically attached balloons to a lawn chair and he's just kind of floating over the campus. 
and just cut and and it's a funny line it's a super i remember this trailer and i wanted to see the movie because of this trailer and that scene and they don't have it in there i don't know why that's actually my favorite yeah i remember you mentioning that the first time and i was looking for something uh for this watch to see if um there were any kind of clues that the you know there was this scene that that we all missed i still haven't gone back to watch the trailer which i i should have but yeah. uh, I almost thought that maybe it was going to be um, kind of a play on that invention he was playing with when him and Mitch first met, where it seems to be some kind of circular helicopter of some sorts. So oh, I right. thought, yeah, maybe I thought it was like a like a bigger version of that that he seemed to be flying in, but there was no balloons involved. I think it was just maybe a, a laugh for one scene, and then maybe they decided it was just not necessary that they had yeah. enough in there. That's too bad. I, I really need to check out to see if they got a Blu-ray with you know some more deleted scenes. But yeah, I'll, yes. I'll check out the trailer first just to see that. But um, yeah, uh, do you want to get into ratings? Sure. All right. So um, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. But uh, out of five stars, uh, I think the first time I gave it like a four and a half, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, watching it again, there were a lot more uh, things that I picked up on. And uh, I think I mentioned that as well in the first time. Like, I, I need to watch it a few more times because there, there's so much going on. Um, the first right. viewing, I mentioned that there was like a fish tank that was actually one of those water coolers, you know, that, that you just have in an office, you know. And I questioned like, oh, well, how did they get those fishes in there? But if you watch the scene again carefully, Chris is actually like um, uh, sprinkling like fish food on top of it. So, so the top opens up. So I, I just I didn't even think about that, but it's little touches like that that make this movie uh, really unique. And uh, I don't think this is one of those that is a product of its time because, like you said, it's 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 a, it's it's timeless. You know, it's a yeah. classic. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a five. You know, I had no problems this this watch around. I picked up a lot more things uh, on this watch than I did the first time. So I, I really enjoyed it again. I, I give it a five as well. I because for, for me, every single time that I I watch it, I laugh out loud. There's just something that catches me by surprise, or I just remember a joke, or whatever. I literally laugh out loud every time I see it. And I think it has a lot of smarts, and I think it has heart heart to it as well. It does, and there's so many like just little scenes that make you laugh. You know, there's there's one point where like Mitch is in the room and he looks down at uh, Chris who's sleeping, and he's sleeping in like the most awkward position. He's like cradling one <laughs> leg, and I think he's just like wearing boxers. <laughs> so it's it's little things like that. Uh, there's one scene where Chris goes to see Doctor Hathaway at his house, and then he follows them into the room. Like he's like walking like really fast right behind him too. So there's things like that. It's just, it's it's really Lots funny. Of scenes. When he takes the test at the end, he's taking a test, and he like he thinks somebody's like looking at his paper, so he really exaggerates, like looking at the guy back and, and yeah, you know, right, covering yeah. his paper, you know, using his shoulders to kind of cover his paper and look over at him. It's very Val Kilmer's very funny. He's, it he's would not very work good. without Val Kilmer. Just somebody who with less talent. It would have, and they really, they. I appreciate the movie because they they could have taken a lot of cheap shots, and they didn't. Like they mm -hmm. always went the smart way, and I really appreciate. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and I want to play uh, just a small little game that um, you know I got from our first recording, uh, where in Overboard this came like through a discussion that we had, uh, but basically, um, married. Help me out with this one, married. Uh, Mary F. Kill. Kill. Yeah, Mary F. Kill. There we go. So who are your three? Okay. Maybe Mary Laszlo. Okay. 
um, F. Christ and kill Professor Jerry Hathaway. <laughs> that's a good one. So Mitch doesn't make the top three. So He's I like that. He's a child. I can't even. <laughs> You're right. That's a good point. <laughs> He's a child. I cannot do that. And Laszlo yeah. seems very sweet. And he's smart. He does. He does. He seems very sweet. He, he I don't be think... very loyal. Yes, yes. Uh, he just has like two creepy lines, you know, like uh, where he tells Chris that he watches them or something. And the whole line about Mitch growing in five inches in uh, in a year. So, yeah. But he, aside he doesn't from those, mean anything by that. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't. Mean anything by that. No. I mean, look, he'll even offer you his pajamas, you yep. know, so he's very sweet. He's always thinking of of, of, uh, of others. So, Margot, thanks again. Double the thanks just because you're returning to redo uh, this episode. Uh, <laughs> My and, pleasure. Yeah, and just one more time again, uh, a little bit about book versus movie. So, uh, thanks again. It's book versus movie podcast. Just go into iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can find us in there if you like books and movies. And we talk about films adapted from books. Some of them were uh, Jurassic Park, Jaws, Silence of the Lambs. So we got a really nice variety in there. Chick stuff too. And then you can follow us on Twitter at book versus movie. Just spell it out. Facebook is a great place to reach us. Book versus movie on Facebook. If you, uh, we have an old timey website, bookversusmovie.com. And if you have any suggestions or ideas for episodes, just email us at bookversusmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if if you welcome the interaction, where can listeners find you on Twitter? Oh, on Twitter at book versus movie. So just spell it out. Oh, like do you, do you not throw out your uh, your your personal Twitter? Oh, I'm sorry. Sure. Um, I also have a fitness blog. It's Brooklyn Fit Chick. And I post fitness stuff there and playlists and things. So if you also want to follow me on Twitter personally, it's at Brooklyn Fit Chick. So follow me and say hi. There we go. So all those will be in the show notes. Um, For me, Hydrate Level 4 and my other show that I host with Michael Denniston from War Machine vs. War Horse, we do original remake. Both of those can be found at followingfilms.com, along with other great shows such as Pop Culture Case Study with my good buddy Dave and True Bromance Film Podcast with Barry and Hyro. Uh, my other shows that I do, I do We Got Five, which is a list show. Uh, every week, Devin and I, we pick a topic and we cover our top five favorites of said list. That can be found at court10parts.com. And also for the Back to the Feature fans, I cover the Back to the Feature, the animated series, the podcast. That can be found at barrenspace.com. And all of those shows can be found at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So until the next episode, for Margot, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level 4. 